0: Good morning Good morning uh, Welcome to Sunday school.
1: Shall we pray briefly and then we can um, begin proceedings. Um, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you God for. Your grace and mercies we ask that as we fellowship around your holy word, come, O oh God, and illuminate our understanding. Help us to behold wondrous things out of thy law. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So uh just to recap what we've been doing all these weeks and months, um we've been looking at first Timothy, uh Our first teacher was uh, Mr. Chris. Uh, He handled uh, the first two chapters, and um, I took over from Chapter 3, and for the past uh, three or so weeks or four weeks, uh, we've been uh, through Chapter 3 and then Chapter 4. Last week, we looked at uh, the middle part of Chapter 4, and so today, by God's grace, we'll finish Chapter 4 from verses 11 to 16. And then we'll continue from chapter five. So, just to uh, give some context to what we've been uh, discussing, the uh, this is uh, First Timothy is one of the pastoral epistles that uh, we know, and we are told that uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, who is his protege, like some other people will say. If you want to know how The kind of esteem that Paul had for Timothy, if you read Philippians 2 19 to 20, Paul says that I have no man like minded who would care for your estate or for your state. And so, if you know Paul, most likely his character was similar to uh, Timothy. He trusted Timothy, he's worked with him for so many years. It's like that when he was dying, if you read Second Timothy, he tells Timothy, come before winter. He says, bring my coat, bring this, bring that. This was Timothy. And you can see that when God calls people, he gives them helpers in every local church. So as we look through this book, even though it's a pastoral epistle, really, it's about how we conduct ourselves. As believers in the house of God and when you read first Timothy 315 you get a key verse for the whole book first Timothy 315 you need to know how to conduct yourself in the house of God and as a believer so the book is about ministers it's about church members it's about money we will come to the money part in the subsequent weeks so uh, chapter 1 If you look at your notes, we talked about doctrine, false doctrine, the true doctrine of Paul, and then his exhortation to Timothy. Remember, Timothy is a young man. Uh, Reading around, I noticed that some people say he was at least 20 years. Some say he was at least 30 years. Some say he was in his early 30s. Some say he was between 20 and 40 years. So if you are under 40, you are still considered a young man. I don't, if in our present culture, I don't know, maybe that still holds true. But just to be safe, let's say he was between 20 and 40 years, okay? But looking at the culture back then, he was still considered a, a young man. And so when we come to verse 12, you see that he says, let no man despise your youth, all right? And we'll spend some time on that verse. So uh, chapter 2, he talked about... Um, Devotion, worship, prayer. We need to pray for. uh, I mean, the political leaders, uh, everybody. The place of women was mentioned, and all of that. Then we came to chapter three, uh, where he spoke about um, uh, duty. I'm sorry. Chapter two was the devotion that is prayer and all of that. Then chapter three, he talked about the character of church leaders, and we spent some time. Remember, we discussed. what does it mean to be a one woman man? Okay, the minister, the deacons should be one woman people. You can't have a plurality or multiple wives, okay, and all of that. So uh, we mentioned or stressed the fact that why did Paul talk about character instead of talking about uh, what people should do in the, what elders should do in the church? We said that. What we do in church flows from who we are. Okay, What we do in church flows from who, who we are. So that was chapter um, uh, 3. And then it ends with um, Paul stressing on the fact that the church needs to bear witness of Christ. Okay, The church's business should be to bear witness of Christ. And so he says, preach the truth. And we find that in First Timothy 3 verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Sin of angels. Okay? Uh, Believe on in the world and all of that. So that was chapter 3. And then we came to chapter 4, where all along Paul is concerned about apostasy, false teaching. And we picked that from Acts chapter 20, where he calls the efficient elders and he says that, take heed, Okay, for after my living, grievous wolves will come in. So, Paul warned the church in Ephesus, which Timothy was supposed to pastor, that you know, false teachers are going to invade the church. And so they need to be watchful, they need to be mindful of these things. And I believe we can apply that to what is happening in the general church today. Okay, and we need to warn people. In fact, in many places, there's no ministry of warning. Nobody is warning anybody that, you know, you need to be mindful of where you worship, where you fellowship. Make sure that the word of God is elevated in every local church that you align yourself with. So, Paul was always concerned about false teaching, erroneous doctrine. And he says that these people come in, Jude uses the term, they come in unawares. Okay, but Paul here says that um, they, they get their motivation from demonic forces, <clears throat> doctrines of demons. So this false teaching or this false teaching is not really about the growing intelligence of scholars. No, they take their motivation from evil forces, demonic forces. These are not my words. This is scripture. Now, in in John, 1 John, he says that we should test the spirit. Because many spirits have gone out into the world. So, brethren, I believe that you are getting the picture. It is not every church that mentions Christ or mentions the Bible or quotes here and there that you can say this is a sound church. You need to go in there. To see what really is happening, sometimes you can see that the worship is nothing to write home about. It's all about exhibitionism, showmanship. See, and I think when Tim Weeks was here, he spoke about things that appeal to the flesh money, prosperity, entertainment, you know and then you see people making noises like a cinema hall kind of thing this is how churches in fact coming from africa i can talk about these things and they use big terms you will do greater works you will be the head and not the tail you know and things like that quote scripture but behind it's all a money making sham you see and they dangle the carrot before people's eyes, and they take a bigger chunk and leave it to them, leave the rest. So this is serious. And I hope that all of us should be praying for our friends and family members who are kind of glued to such churches. I always say that some church is better than no church at all, but you can't even be sure of how the church has become these days. So, we need to be praying, but as we will see, we also need to guard our hearts. Because sometimes, you know, in my previous church, we had people in our church, even though they were Baptists, but on other days, they are going to different, different places and imbibing all kinds of doctrines. And you should hear them pray sometimes. They pray like the Charismatics, they pray like the Pentecostals, they pray some wild, wild, you know and things like that. So we need to be mindful of these things. And Paul makes the point. Pastor, you want to say something uh, I
2: to kind of
0: Yeah on something um, In addition, like I've
2: discovered that you can't always trust the church website. you really need to go visit the church, find out what, what they're uh, in practice doing. sometimes churches have immaculate websites with all the right documents and all the right and they said the right things, but then you go there. Now this evening when church is uh, so dramatically different. So I guess just think what you see on the website with a grain of salt. You know, people know what to put, what people are looking for. It doesn't always line up with actually what's going on in the church. Yeah. Um, that makes sense.
1: Yes. So uh, he moves on and he gives examples of how the oper- operations of these false teachers. And he says in verse, verse number three of chapter four, uh, they teach about marriage and food that you shouldn't. Uh, for instance, they say what they mean really is that an unmarried person is more spiritual than a married person. Okay, or uh, certain meats or food are taboo, and so if you eat those foods or meats, that you are not spiritual. And Paul says that no, you need to be aware of any teaching that tampers with God's institution of marriage. You need to be aware of any teaching that tampers with God's creation. Now you can see that this is worth mentioning, that Paul is using Genesis to answer or to help Timothy appreciate the way things were going on. What does it tell you? Scripture is everything created is good. Scripture is consistent. So you don't leave Genesis 1 to the children. No, your knowledge of Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2 informs regeneration. It informs, you know, justification and all of that. You have that consistency. So scripture should be taken seriously, okay? Christ himself said, search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. So talking about food, real quickly, what about those of us who do not pray before eating but just dive in?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Paul says that every food all right, should be prayed over. You should need to say the grace before you eat, take it in. What about those of us who, who eat without praying?
0: Do we always pray when <laughs> we do
1: say the grace?
2: Yeah, I agree <laughs> that like, you, know, you should thank God for your food. Definitely. But I am interested in your thoughts on verse 5 because it says it's made holy by the word of God yeah. in prayer. So it's not just praying. Yeah, Is there a role that like you know, the, the word of God plays? You know, yeah. I, I wasn't here for the
1: last time. Yes. In fact, um, uh Markata and others say this is one of the difficult verses we have in Timothy. But most of the commentators said it's more of saying grace. Before you pray, I mean, you eat. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of, God, the, the prayer should be informed by the word of God, you know? Uh-huh. Something like that. But, akmakata okay. said, that's one of the difficult verses in the book. Yes. i just put
3: this in the category of pray without ceasing. I mean, okay. We need to, in, and also, in everything, give thanks. It's a mindset, it's a constant conversation with God. Like, how many of you guys thank God for your permit? It's been my I mean, But I, I just say that if we need to do that, every good and perfect gift comes from above and we don't honor God most yeah. of the time. It's easy three times a day to sit down and do it. But what's hard is to just have the spirit controlling your mindset and look at everything through the lens of God. Why is this happening? Why am I sitting at this traffic or, or whatever? Just like, okay, God, you know, it, I just think that all of us yes. use that focus on yep. thinking the we praying without being
1: Yesterday I was uh, on my usual walkabout. I, because of my uh, blood pressure problems, I've been doing a lot of walking most of the time. And I was attacked by a dog. <laughs> Somebody's big dog. I mean, out of nowhere, I was on the other side, and this dog came all the way. Just And I mean, it was just a breath of prayer that the dog just, you know, almost close it was scary this big dog unleashed the owner was sleeping somewhere (laughs) and the dog was i tell you i just prayed just about when the dog was going to spring like and then he stopped you know and i was like so there are sometimes it's just like when peter was sinking in in the on the i Lord, save me. That sometimes that's how prayer is. But like uh, uh, Madame is saying, you need to cultivate that habit of praying. You know? So that when something is happening, you breathe that holy name in prayer. You know? So it's not just food, but everything. You Pray for your children. Pray for your husband. Pray for your wife. Pray for you know, your institution, your church. It should be that... Yeah. good so these are the activities of uh, the false teachers now Paul spends time talking about <clears throat> the faithful teacher what should he, his life be like so Chris would you uh, kindly read from verse 6 for us six, 6 to six. 12 or uh, 16 yes yes
4: if you put these things before the brothers you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus being trained in the words of the faith of the good doctrine that you have followed, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end, we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which is given you by the prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers.
1: Amen. By teaching these things, you will save both yourself and others, your hearers. Okay, so l- let me just briefly, it's in your notes, I'm going to ask a question quickly. Uh, Paul talks about keeping spiritually fit, exercise yourself to godliness. Last week we discussed that, okay? Just like you go to the gym to work your muscles out and all of that, you see, you need to do the same when it comes to your spiritual life. Godliness. Last week I made a statement. Godliness puts a man in heaven even before he's dead. Okay? Godliness. And we use Psalm 1 to explain godliness. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Okay? Then he says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord in this does he what meditate daily. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. And Then he says that the ungodly are not so, but are like what? A chaff. So chaff versus the tree of life. All right, I mean the tree that brings forth fruit in its season. So Paul talks about Timothy being a godly role model. That's the modern language that we we'll use. He needs to be a godly role model for his congregation. Then he talks about um, he he should continue to publicly read and teach and preach the word of God. In fact, we are talking about churches. In some churches, they don't read the word of God at all. They don't. In years before, in church, you have first reading, second reading. Some churches even add a psalm reading. In some churches, you don't have that. They just pick a verse, run with it, if you are fortunate. No context. And they tell stories. There's no consistent teaching. Sometimes, just the reading of the word alone. There's a radio station I listen to. I like that radio station. It's a Christian radio station. And all that, the preacher, Cadassis. he just reads Scripture. And the way he reads takes his time. Then he pronounces the words. And just listening to the word of God. Every morning, I leave. Even if I don't do devotion, I listen. That, that's, I, I know that I've heard something. No preaching, just reading. So he does. Sometimes he does a book, two books within a week. Just reading consistently. So sometimes you don't even need a devotional. Just reading scripture alone. There's so much help. So Paul says, till I come. Read the word publicly, preach the word, teach the word. And then Timothy should give himself wholly to the ministry. And then he will keep check. He should keep check on his own life. We'll discuss these verses shortly. But let me ask you, based on this summary, what is Paul asking Timothy to prioritize in relation to the church? What should Timothy prioritize? Yes, ma'am. I'm going to give Maxia here, so <laughs> <laughs> give me. A...
0: <laughs> the beginning part says he points these things out mm-hmm. to the brothers. To be a good minister, and then if you look back to the previous verses, what he it seems like what he referred to is you know talking about how mm-hmm. they shouldn't believe all these false teachings, mm-hmm. and just the fact of the encouragement of that. Of sometimes when you're pointing out things, people don't want to hear. That's hard, mm-hmm. but Paul's encouraging him like. If you tell people hard things, mm-hmm. you're going to be a good minister. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I guess, like you're saying, that's kind of the focus of the warning. You know, mm-hmm. warning people, like, mm-hmm. you know, turn away from these things mm-hmm. are repent because those are these things that you're doing that, that you need to repent from are the things that are, are, are going to drag you away from God. And just, um, I think that focus, but also the encouragement of that, is he telling you. You're going to be a good minister, you know, to
1: tell people things that they need to hear. Yes. I'll give you seven and a half. (laughs) You are close, but not quite. I want you to nail what Paul is trying to say here. Nail it. Who can build on what she's saying? I'll give you 7.5. What is Paul asking Timothy to prioritize based on?
4: Doctrine.
1: doctrine? Mm 8.5. What is he asking him to prioritize in relation to the church? We've somehow mentioned it. You know it.
0: Um, I think uh, mostly like the image.
1: The image. But uh, I
0: would really say like if you're going to follow whatever it says, like what Paul trying to say you're going to be one of them. Okay. And uh, you see
1: like you talk about the world the wrong way. That is how you imagine.
0: Right, and if you identify them that way, uh-huh. and then you are going to uh, be out of nowhere. Was like are some people are going to, have to fight if you really want. Right,
1: you are close. Okay. Let me not. Let not. not to. to the, we don't waste time. You are wondering, saying the same thing. So you are around seven. Okay, you are around seven. Sorry to cut. cut. I want you to nail it. What is Paul asking Timothy to prioritize? Teaching, you are close in relation to the church. The word of God. The word of God. God. You have the, I wish I had the gift I would have given you. (laughs) The word of God. When he talks about godliness, he's talking about reading the word. Okay? He's talking about feeding the church with the word of God. The church should be built on the word of God. So that as the minister's life shines, it reflects. Every church is like their minister. Right? If the minister is showy, wearing earrings, and all of that, you see it in the church. If you see a a worldly circle, I mean, you see these things. You see, if if the church service is exhibitionism, you see it in the church. Where the church is serious, too, you said. So he's saying that Timothy should build a church in Ephesus on the word of God and nothing else. Alright? So, as a young man, how is Timothy to do that? He talks about his youth. Look at verse number 12. And I want you to cast your mind. How many of you really are very you look back with nostalgic memory as a youth. How many of us look back on our youth, youthful days with nostalgia? You see? If you can look back proudly, most likely, it depends on what your parents expose you to. Okay? But look at the terms that Paul uses. One in what? Speech and then what? Conduct and then what? Love and then what? Faith and then purity. Okay. Let's start from the bottom. Why would Paul warn Timothy as a young man about purity? Because if I regard iniquity in my heart
3: the Lord will not hear me, you're not walking with God, you're not gonna hear for him, he's not gonna leave
1: you. Yes. But in relation to men. is <laughs> a young man. There may be women in the church. Right? He
3: did this
1: yes. So purity is very important. Um, speech and conduct are outside, okay, uh, external. But the others, you could say they are internal, okay? So... Uh why would he want him to be mindful about his speech?
3: Have... <laughs>
1: Do you know a lot of people have left the church because of what the pastor has said. Speech. I don't mean here. Some people have had I in my previous church in California, there was a wonderful couple that you know just I became friends with. I'm a very faithful couple. So the last time I, I, I called him, uh, Paul, how are you doing? He said, we left the church. I said, oh, why? He said, I don't want to go there, but it was something related to an illustration about politics. And he, the, the couple didn't like it. So they spoke to the pastor again. Second time, he gave you straight into that area and they went to see him again. And he said, if we, you do it again, we are going to leave the church. And the pastor said, fine, you could leave. The last time I spoke to them, he they said they've moved to Florida. So being a preacher is hard. And As you illustrate, as you preach, as you teach, you might say certain things that, you know, some people don't like, which may not even necessarily be related to doctrine per se, but some people take it seriously, and then that's it. This is just one example. See, so we need to pray for our preachers and teachers, because Something that is harmless, something that you wouldn't even expect to be an incident, just somebody picks on that. He's not even concerned about the trust of whatever you were discussing. Just one illustration and then they're off. Chris, you want me to say something? Okay. Pastor. Uh,
2: in addition to that, you also have to be aware of your like speech in like ordinary life and mm-hmm. you know, not just mm-hmm. from the pulpit or from mm-hmm. behind the lectern. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, growing up we had a pastor that we called person youth pastor Um and, and he was seriously we called him, and you know, you can probably figure out why. It's you know, when, when we were like playing basketball, he like let out cuss words. Um so when he's behind the pulpit, he spoke you know appropriately and whatnot, but just kind of hanging out, he spoke, you know, like you are not supposed to talk. Mm-hmm. But what that meant was that he had like zero credibility when he was behind the pulpit. Thinking seriously, you know, like, yeah. it think it seriously. He doesn't take this stuff so yeah. seriously. Why yeah. should we? Yeah. So you got to be aware of not mm-hmm. just how you're speaking from mm-hmm. the pulpit. Obviously, that's incredibly important. But also just how you know, you're talking day to day life. Anybody, you, know, yeah. uh, you know, season with grace and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Because yeah. so that can affect your ministry. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. A, a yeah, and it's amazing. But you know, there are some church leaders. You meet them, it's it's, it's sports, it's politics. It's just, you know, I don't mean that you don't need to have a life, but when you see somebody, it's all about secular things. And, you know, you might want to be a little bit careful because that's when you stray into all kinds of things, you see. So, speech, conduct, and then uh, love, faith, purity. Uh, the last three inner traits, and uh, in fact, that that faith there is not really about a, a right belief, but it's more of a faithfulness and trustworthiness. Timothy needs to be trustworthy. He needs to be faithful. Okay, and the purity is also related to integrity of the heart. Remember, in chapter one, he speaks about a pure conscience. You know, out of a good heart, and all of that. Right, let's look at 13. So, in fact, verse 12 has been used for many youth events in the church. In fact, it could be your live verse. 1 Timothy 4, 12. Okay, right. Verse 13, uh, what is Paul intimating there? He says that, uh, while I'm coming, so he's on his way. But even before he gets there, he tells Timothy to do what? To prioritize what? The scripture. Authority of scripture. The submission to the authority of scripture. I think this morning, if you want to forget anything, okay, take note of our submission to the authority of scripture. This is how you become a successful Christian. And some people say, oh, scripture says this, but... I have my own ideas. If this is your attitude to life, you are, go- you, you are going to run into trouble within a short time. Our submission to the authorities of scripture is so important in every area of life. That's why in our church um, covenant and stuff like that, we say, um, we, we, there's a way they would rephrase it. You say, it just escaped me, but we need to submit ourselves to the authority of scripture. For the Bible is our sole authority for faith and practice. A sole authority for faith and practice. All right. So
0: I have a little When I was in college, um, I, I used to read, read my Borschtko blog, <laughs> and I had a friend, and they said, "Why are you doing that? That's so dumb." <laughs> and I said, "Well, yeah. I mean, it's just funny. I don't believe it or anything." And they said, "Well, God doesn't say not to believe it." He said "Don't no, have anything to do with it." Mm-hmm. And I was, and they quoted this verse to me, and I was like, <laughs> "You know, that's actually very interesting." And I actually, too, I mean, I took that comment, mm-hmm. I thought, I really stopped and evaluated, "I'm not just going too late. That is dumb. Like, what am I doing?" <laughs> and, but, but you know, just to, like you yeah. say, take God's word and actually apply it. You know, think about it in your mind. It's, it's you
1: know, you know when people are going to get married, they say, oh, "Look at let's, let me. What is your star? What is your horror? You know, things. There are some people who look at that. Uh, what do you? I think there's a term. The if you are born in September, this that they have. What is that Something. thing? It's your son. Yes, oh, yeah. They do. People use all of that to make business decisions and mm-hmm. all of that. Yes. I think that having that base
3: of the Word of God is good that's
1: what brings
0: unity.
1: Mm-hmm. Because if you can never show it from the Word of God, and yeah. everyone believes that the Word of God is the final say. Yes. But then you can have an that you can't have Yeah. Look at verse 14. All right. And here, Timothy had a special gift. In fact, uh, Paul says that um, uh, it's he. the term they use this charisma. It's from we get charismatic. But it's like. Um, Timothy had a very unique gift of teaching. And he says, when the presbytery or the council or the elders laid their hands on him at his ordination, Paul reminds him that do not neglect your gift. Okay? Don't neglect this uh, gift that you have, this gift of teaching, this gift of exposition of Scripture. Okay? And you could say that it was a very unique gift. But in spite of all of that, in chapter and 2 Timothy, Paul tells him, Steady to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. That is the one key verse. You say, In spite of his gift, he still tells him, Steady, be diligent, all right, to know the word. So you can't say that you have a gift and so, I'm okay. You can get up and show and shake yourself as at other times, like Samson. Samson didn't realize that the Spirit of God had left him long ago. Alright? What can we learn from that? Don't neglect your gift. What can we learn from that?
3: You can't Yes. Prize. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, you see, there are a lot of people with certain attitudes that you know. Oh, why are you not coming to church? Oh, I'm okay. There are some people who have some. We call it a false sense of security. You know. Oh, I know. What are you studying? Oh, Timothy, oh, we did that five years ago or somehow, oh, You know, well, what are you doing? First Timothy, uh, Thessalonians, oh, ten years ago, I. No. You don't need to have that attitude. It should be consistent. You know, that's how scripture is. I mean, the, 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 uh, we need to live as believers. You don't say, oh, I know. As if you've piled up a storehouse of what? Knowledge. You know? No. We need to continue studying the word of God. So Christ comes. or He takes us home. You don't have to have, even if you have a gift of teaching. I like Pastor Tim because you can see he's always studying. You refresh yourself. You don't rely on past glories. Oh, when we used to be in church every day. No. What are you doing now? As far as reading of scripture is concerned yes
3: ma'am his mercies are new every morning mm-hmm. and i just had a, a, a thing where isaiah 53 I, I know it well i've read it my entire life mm-hmm. and then just a couple weeks ago i was reading it again and you know we think of that's the worst part of the crucifixion it's the physical no like and i always looked at no it was taking on the wrath of god for mm-hmm. all our sins but then i just read it again and it says he bore our sorrows and our griefs so not only did he take all the wrath of God he would every sorrow or pain or grief you ever had of the entire world he was also carrying that and that's just the most comforting thing that we could ever imagine that he gets it and so on so it's just like we could read a passage a hundred. I probably have read it a hundred mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. I never noticed that yeah. before. Yeah. And God and, and God gave it to me at a time mm-hmm. when I deeply needed mm-hmm. yes. it. Yes. And so that's mm-hmm. you know, that's
1: another thing. Yes, every back gift back. that you have must be cultivated consistently. If you teach, you can always better. If you are a parent, you know everything. You do There shouldn't be any time point in your time where it's oh no no no. Now I have arrived. No, Christianity is never like that. There's always room for improvement, no matter your years of experience, especially where scripture is concerned. I tell you, I've seen Christians who have been embarrassed simply because they've stopped going to church. I've seen, I mean, deacons I'm I'm talking about, because they used to teach years ago, and they stopped. They say, so, cultivation of these habits are very not just I mean, every Christian grace that you can prayer meeting, when was the last time you attended a prayer meeting? Oh, I pray in my house Bible says no, make sure you are in the prayer meeting you know, when did you even pop in to see the children's Sunday school? Oh, I used to do that 10 years ago, no have you done that recently? have you visited a pastor? oh, now I'm okay, no you shouldn't be thinking along this line. right? So, we need to cultivate every gift uh, that God has given. It, sh- it should be consistent cultivation, and it has eternal benefits. And not just for you, but for those and the ministry that you find yourself in. Pastor?
2: Oh, maybe just one final thought on that. I had noticed in ministry that oftentimes the like, greater somebody is gifted, the greater the temptation to be lazy is. Because you know, they can just rely on their natural eloquence or intelligence or whatnot. Uh, so, you know, if God has gifted you in a certain way, you know, certainly praise Him for it. Use that for glory, but also be aware of, you know, sin has affected in every area of our lives, including how we use our gifts. Mm-hmm. So don't let, you know, giftedness be an excuse for laziness or not serving appropriately or whatnot. Um, just yeah. be aware that that temptation is
1: Yeah. Paul mentions those who hear you. Okay? His audience. Yeah, his ministry is going to affect his audience, okay? And so, uh, Timothy needs to be very, very careful in the way he handles truth. Okay, so I always say that, you know, whatever ministry you find yourself in, make sure that you are exercising, you are taking it seriously. Because somebody, somebody will just have just one opportunity to listen to truth. And if the person came in and all you were doing was just telling stories, because you are being lazy, you've done damage to the person's soul. So those who hear are sick. For those who hear are sick, we need to take our teaching ministry ser- seriously. Take our preaching ministry seriously. Wherever you find yourself, all right. Good. So we are we are done. Uh, look at verse number sixteen. Will oh, somebody read it for us? Sixteen.
2: Keep a close watch on yourself, ah. on the teaching.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and the viewers
1: Now, why would Paul <laughs> want Timothy to w- want him to watch over his own soul? Why is it important? The church is, is the ch- audience is important, but why is Paul reminding him about his own soul? His own walk.
4: Oh, he's a he's a sinner. Mm-hmm. He can easily be taken away by the flesh mm-hmm. um, easily neglect mm-hmm. you know what he's mm-hmm. supposed to be committed mm-hmm. To. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it goes I mean think about that, how many mm-hmm. pastors have that, that we know that were faithful Bible yeah. teaching mm-hmm. pastors that have that they're, they're not that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to this. They mm-hmm. did not keep a close watch themselves. Yes. The mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and they they did not persist it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. so it's it's I mean it goes for everybody. maybe you are a parent, raising children, you need to watch over your own soul. If you are a ministry you you need young people, you need to watch over your soul, right Sunday school teacher, watch over your own soul. you see because can you imagine? You bring others in and you can be lost. All right, for the sake of time, I will stop here. But Lord willing, next week we'll continue. But I want to end with this hymn that you know very well. Uh, you know, take time to be holy. I'll just read the stanzas for you in the way close. Take time to be holy. Speak oft with thy Lord. Abide in him always. Feed on his word. Make friends of God's children. Help those who are weak, forgetting in nothing his blessing to seek. Take time to be holy. The world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By looking to Jesus, like him thou shalt be. Thy friends in thy conduct, his likeness shall see. Take time to be holy. Let him be thy guide. And run not before him, whatever betide. In joy or in sorrow, still follow thy Lord. And looking to Jesus, still trust in his word. Take time to be holy. Be calm in your soul. Each thought and each motive beneath his word control. Thus led by his spirit to fountains of love. Thou soon shall be fitted for service above. Let's pray. Father, thank you for sobering words. Thank you for the opportunity to reason around your holy word. Lord, in our finite minds, we... Struggle sometimes even to live the way you expect us to live. Oh God, be merciful to us. Continue to strengthen us. Come in the next stage of our program into your hands. Make it successful to the glory and honor of your holy name. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.